Hey guys, what is up? And welcome to the Touch Arcade Show, episode number five hundred. That's a drum it's also roll. Playday <sighs> uh, pre-order week, arguably. Playday pre-order week, which is equally occasion, equally as important. Um, I meant to download like a party sounds app, and I totally forgot. But imagine there being like noisemakers and shakers, and like those little f- things that unfurl Might. from your 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 thing i might still have my donald trump soundboard app if that does anything that's for you. similar that's a similar thing that's like a party sound uh, <clears throat> oh, <man. laughs> oh no i do i do hang on oh <coughs> hang on i have to get upsold on uh unlock the ten dollars there's a ten dollar a year <laughs> premium subscription yeah <laughs> um, it's like i need the premium donald trump sounds app i gotta pay for this subscription so here, this is what Bernie Sanders thinks of us hitting uh, episode 500. How do you get some disgrace? Did you hear that? What? I didn't even hear that. <laughs> How do you get some disgrace? It's a disgrace. It's a disgrace. Well said. Well said, Mr. President. Um, uh, Bernie Sanders is not our president. <laughs> Mr. Could have been president. Um so yeah, we made it to episode 500. We had talked last week that uh, we probably weren't going to do anything special. And then after we'd finished recording, we uh, Eli actually came up with a cool idea, which is basically <clears throat> like, hey, ask I'm our the listeners ideas guy. To, if you, uh, the, the idea, our resident ideas guy, um, said, hey, maybe people could send in uh, just stories about Touch Arcade or the show. And um, kind of like just how they related to how they discovered Touch Arcade, how they started reading the site or listening to the show or, or whatever um, because we've been around a very long time and in theory there could be a lot of people that started found Touch Arcade when they were like 10 or 11 and then uh, now here they are they could be in their 20s and potentially have families and children of their own and stuff like that and even I thought a cool idea was like hey back in 2010 when I was 10 I played Angry Birds and now I'm 22 or whatever, have a child who also plays Angry Birds. That's kind of a crazy thing to think about. I feel like we still Does think of mobile games as like brand new thing. My kid uh, doesn't play any games yet. He probably we, we haven't introduced him to that yet because I'm scared of where that will go. Uh, interesting. But he has uh, like a Mickey Mouse soundboard thing that he calls so that's an That's what you needed like, for episode 500. Go get that fucking thing. I could go get it. Yeah, it all the colors, Text Pam. all the alphabet. Tell her, bring in the bring in the soundboard. I need it. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mickey Mouse's little um, little uh, phrases he says nowadays, which, by the way, new Mickey Mouse is a weird thing to me. Not at all what I remember. I couldn't even Mickey tell Mouse you. when I was a kid. Yeah. But. Anywho, so yeah. Uh, so, unfortunately, we thought of this idea after we stopped recording last week, and um, I did post about it on the site and on Patreon and um, tweeted about it and all that good stuff. Um, and we had a really good response f- based on that, but I got to thinking that um, there's probably a lot of people that just listen to our show because it pops up in their pod- podcast feed and um, don't read you know, the, the podcast post every week or look at Twitter or whatever. Probably weren't aware of this thing who are listening to this week's episode being like, Oh, I wanted to send a story in. Uh, Yeah. So anyway, we got enough emails that I'm not going to get through them all this week anyway. 
And so um, consider this official invitation to if you want to send us your own story, you didn't know about this whole thing happening or whatever, um, we'll continue to kind of go through them over the coming weeks or however long it takes to kind of get through them at a, a pace that's not just a solid episode of reading emails. Um, and so, yeah, feel free to send in your stories, even if it's not for actual episode 500, which is happening right now. Well, we can just um, keep, I mean, it could be 500. It could be a normal part thing. two. We do this every week if we want. Yeah. Next week could just be uh, five, 500 part two, 500 part three. Maybe never that's new. <laughs> leave episode 500. Yeah. 500.1. <laughs> I like that idea, actually. We'll just, we, we literally, we were joking about stopping at 500, but that's what we meant, is we're going to stop on the number 500. Um, but then we'll never get to 1,000. I thought that was a, a funny thing. It was like, uh, in a lot of the emails we got where it's like, congrats on 500. Like, you know, that's halfway to 1,000. <laughs> it's like, well, I guess 500 is not a very good, I guess if we hit 1,000, it would be remarkable. But 500 is just like, oh, good job. Pat on the that's, back. That's a lot of um, years of recording. I got 10 more years in us. We can do it, right? Maybe. I don't we, know. I've, we got to do the mukbang thing like you were talking, so we could just do I'm, episodes. We could do multiple episodes a day and hit 1,000 really fast. I, I, could go at, I could go at any time, Jared, in the words of um, Leonardo DiCaprio and the hit Hollywood film, <laughs> What's Eating Gilbert Grape? Yeah, the hit Hollywood film. So, uh, with all that said, um, what do you want to do? You want to talk about some of those stories first? Or you want to talk about Playdate stuff first? Because this was also, as mentioned, um, the, besides the episode 500, this was Playdate pre-order let's week. Do, I don't know do which is bigger. A little both. Let's do Playdate. We'll do some emails. And then, as that seems like it's running long, we can get into some stories. How about that? I do, yeah, I actually have some mobile gaming stuff to talk about this week, too, which is amazing. So, um yeah, the play date uh, went up for pre-order on Thursday morning. They, like they said, they made July. It was late, but they made it, and they did give everyone a week's notice. So we knew going in that 10 a.m. Pacific on Thursday would be the pre-order day. Um, I didn't quite know what to expect. I expected, like, um, after the Steam Deck stuff, I was like, this website's not going to hold up, yeah. and it's going to be a, a huge shit show, and. Um, I, I was half right. I feel like for part of some... Well, it depends. Know, if you're outside of the United <laughs> States, it was a shit show. <laughs> if you're outside of the United States, you have a very different um, like uh, perspective on, on how it went. For me and for you, um, we both set alarms. We were both kind of chit-chatting in Discord before it went live. Like, here we go. And then it was went live. The website changed over right at like 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, big pre-order button, you hit it, added things to the cart, Apple paid my way out, I was done in like 30 seconds. Yeah, the um, I was in the uh, the uh, official, or I don't know if it is the official, I guess it is the official Playdate. You were in Discord a Discord for, for, for Playdate, yeah, I didn't know that. What, or that actually, was. I think it's the Playdate r slash Playdate console Reddit Discord for Playdate. Oh, I don't think well, it's the, okay. whatever, but it's not a like panic. a panic run thing. Yeah, but there were a lot of panic people in there and you know, oh. the day before, like Wednesday or whatever, people are shooting the shit. I was like, "Hey, you know, you have any tips on how to like check out quickly? Kind of like the like what's the yeah. what's going to be the playdate equivalent of um, putting money in your Steam wallet, kind of right, thing right, for, right. for the Steam yeah. Deck?" And they're like, oh, no, "Nothing really. I mean, it's going to be really simple. Like maybe if you don't have like the Shop Pay stuff set up for like one click checkout, Shopify. like maybe maybe yeah. do that." Um, yeah, and that's what I use. So I had. 
I made sure I was like all logged in, made sure everything was up to date. I just kind of like refreshed the site at the right time, hit hit buy with shop pay or whatever. And yeah, I mean, it was like done. You know, it was. I, I was really impressed. I was expecting a lot worse than that, at least a wait. And even when it was like authenticating the Apple Pay, I was like, oh, here we go. Mm-hmm. Something's going to fail and blah, blah, blah. Um, nothing. Everything went through. I was order 1200 something. You were like 1100 something, I think. Yeah. And I actually found out today that um, the order number started at 1001. So we are actually in the pretty first low. few hundred yeah. batch of the first couple hundred. So um, that's pretty cool. And uh, happy that that all went well. On the other side of things, the any country that wasn't the U.S., the majority of people had huge problems because um, Panic had set up a third-party thing through Shopify for international orders that like calculated shipping and yeah, VAT and shipping and tax all, and stuff. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. So basically, you know, if you import stuff from other countries. Um, you have to pay like duties and things like that, import taxes or whatever. Um, and a lot of times you'll get, you won't get your, uh, you know, item until you pay that stuff to like hold it for you or send it back. Or there's all this weird stuff that can happen. Yeah. I sent um, Sean uh, an iPad to Japan and like the amount of paperwork and other stuff was pretty crazy. It's a crazy headache. And there's a lot of countries where like, I forget if it's like Brazil or it's, it's one of those South American countries that's basically like hundred percent import duties. That's it. So if you bought something that was $500, you pay a thousand because half of that is your import duties or else you don't get your thing. And, um, it's just really stupid. I feel like America has some of those, those problems, but I've never ordered anything internationally that's expensive enough to trigger any of it. I think right now it might've changed, but it was like 800 bucks was like the threshold. So if you bought like Something more than that, you could be subjected to those duties or whatever. But anything under that was just a normal, there was no fees or anything. It just made its way through. Yeah, I've bought some stuff from, uh, I don't even remember, like AliExpress or some of those other, you know, chi- clearly Chinese websites, just random. Yeah. I think I got like a controller clip or something from them or it's yeah. some random piece of plastic junk, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, it was no no problem other than, you know, like clearly like a lot of weird forms and labels on the yeah packaging which i don't know yeah totally so anywho panic um wanted to make that whole thing more streamlined and kind of try to include everything that would be uh related to an international shipping thing um all up front in that first price or whatever and apparently the shopify's third-party calculator and their whole api system that did all this stuff crashed hard and so a lot of people internationally, even though they were there right on time, which sucked because for a lot of people it was like 3 a.m. for them. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah. Get up in the middle of the night. I can only imagine. Get up in the middle of the night, go through all that, uh, miss out on the first batch, and now you're pushed to next year's batch or whatever. I'd be, be angry too, although um, that doesn't excuse a lot of the, the nastiness on, oh, yeah. on, on Playdate's Twitter. Oh, my God. People are – I've been there. Like I've been like that angry at a – company on twitter because i know it'll get their attention type thing like i've i've thrown my karen fits myself but i feel like there's also a line you don't draw where you're like hey you fucking idiot like you i you should die for ruining this thing and like my life is ruined and i want nothing to do with you now and all of you should never have been born or you know what i mean like there's lines you shouldn't cross that people were crossing on the, on Twitter with Playdate where it's like, and Playdate's like, sorry, you know, it was a third party thing. It was out of our hands. Everything we had direct control over went fine. I know that's not, you know, a, a 
comfort to anybody that got affected, but so yeah, whatever the case. The, the only way, I guess the only thing they really could have done to prevent that is like, just have like, if you're, and I don't even know how this would work logistically, but like, um, you know, if you're a non U S person, like your order is like half, like you pre-order and then you need to like go in later and like pay for the tax and shipping and stuff yeah, maybe somehow you can stick or, it in a basket. Yeah. Yeah. Have a, uh, hold pay, a pay later type thing where you yeah. can pay within the next 48 hours and your spot in line will be held or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I could, I could definitely see that being a better way to do things, but whatever it's learning experience, I guess. And, uh, I think also even the people that got 2022, um, consoles and stuff like that i think all this stuff's gonna ship earlier than anticipated Mm -hmm. right because like even the 2021 batch is like late 2021 i i think it'll be sooner than late i think it'll be like you know in the fall time yeah so and maybe a lot of those 2022 people will um get pushed back to the the end of this year or something like that or just be very early next year and it won't be that bad but um a lot of people were like Oh great! I got to wait an extra year for this thing or whatever, and it's like I don't think you're going to be waiting an extra year. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, also Panic said they were going to go back. Um, the scalping market is hot for this thing, selling these on eBay, selling I the pre-orders find that to be for like up to thousand bucks and more. Which I, no, oh, God, I I don't do think that this that. has the staying power of like a, a PlayStation or Xbox. Something that you're really no. going to see any scalpers or anything. Like that. I mean. The people in the Playdate Discord were like super worked up over like every eBay auction that went up, and there was like ten. Yeah, yeah. you know, and it's like, who cares? I don't see know? it being a thing, and I, yeah, I, I, I think that whole thing is like people that generally do this sort of thing with any big launch of any big product that don't really they've assumed this would be the same sort of thing that they usually do with consoles and stuff. I don't think it's going to last either. I think no. some of those, you know, nobody's going to buy one for a thousand bucks when you could just get one for the the regular price. You can just keep pre-ordering them right now. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't think it'll be somebody's going to pay a thousand bucks to get one on day one or whatever. So, but they also did say they're going to go through and find people that were scalping that ordered and cancel those orders. And that there was a lot of, um, Air, like order errors and stuff like that that they could cancel um that or like double orders and stuff like that so i there's potential for a lot of people to move up the list too yeah i saw so I think, quite a quite a few people and this this happened to me when i checked out um that accidentally ordered two because like yeah you would you would click like the buy now button on the play date and then like it threw you into the shopping cart and it was like and then it showed you like the bundle that was the case and the the play date unit and mm. I was like, oh, no, no, no. Like, yeah, I want this bundle. But when you did that, it added a second play date to your cart. Oh, I could see that. And I mean, so I yeah. saw quite a few people on Twitter that were like, hey, I accidentally ordered two. Like, you know, I, yeah. I just meant to get one. So I don't know. I, I mean, it's possible a lot of people move up in line. Maybe not. Yeah. We'll I I feel bad for anybody that had a bad experience. And I've been there. I've had that frustration. And the Steam Deck frustration, I feel like, was a very similar problem where yeah. it was like, Dude, this I'm here. I'm ready, and this thing is failing, and I can't do anything about it. Yeah, uh, very frustrating feeling. So I get it, but I also think uh, people were being mega assholes, far beyond what is reasonably expected in this yeah. sort of situation. It's it's been pretty funny too, like watching the rea- like the reaction to the follow up stories or like Playday sells twenty thousand units in yeah. in twenty minutes, kind of stuff, like. Yeah. All the people being like, "Oh well, who's this for?" It's like the they fucking sold out, dude. Shut up. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think uh, 
the estimate was somewhere around 50, 49,000 or 44,000, something like that. I think they've pre-sold close to 50, which I think um, is probably beyond their expectations yeah. too. I think they were just like, please sell this 20,000 that we've already right. like, committed to. That was, that uh, was, if we thing, only like, sell eight, I don't know what we're going to do. Cause I was um, in that discord, like people were posting their order numbers, you know, and yeah. I was like, you know, inside of like the first like 10 minutes or so it was like, man, they haven't sold more than like 2000 of these. This is going to be I got interesting. A little worried. Yeah. You know, and yeah. then, and then it seemed like, you know, like IGN posted and a couple like the mm-hmm. big sites posted like, Hey, pre-orders are up now. And, that, and then it just like shot through the roof. Cause I don't yeah. think there was, yeah. I think, I think there's a lot of people that are like, Oh, that thing looks pretty neat. Like I'd like to buy one, but not weirdos like us that are like, Oh my God, I'm going to set three alarms to make sure I'm in front of my computer <laughs> kind of thing. You know, we are so. the weirdos. Uh, yeah, I, I felt that way too, but I also, I remember like in the discord when we were talking about it and it was like, um, Oh man, they're only up to order number like six thousand, like I, you know, like yeah. whatever. But then I looked at the clock and it was like ten oh eight, yeah. And I was like, oh, everything went through so fast for me that it felt like it was taking a really long time for them to get up into the thousands. But I don't think that was actually the case. I think it just felt that long because everything was so quick and over for us so quickly. Um, so, so it was kind of funny. But anyway, a friend of mine that um, has uh, one of the teenage engineering like little synthesizer things. Mm-hmm, says that like mm-hmm. the cool part about it is it's like filled with like these wacky little Easter eggs and stuff too. Yeah. So I fully expect the playdate to have stuff. Like yeah. That. Like I really wonder like what kind of stuff that the playdate's going to have that people are going to discover and shit like that. Yeah. So it's interesting though. You, um, you're getting a review unit as well or what? Yeah. I found out after pre-ordering, which wouldn't have, this wouldn't have prevented me from pre-ordering anyway. I was buying one anyway, yeah. no matter what. Right. But, um, so I did, uh, I think last week or wherever, whenever it was, they, their PR company sent out a request form for review units. And so I was like, I'm going to fill this out. It, it, they're very, like, these are very limited and yeah. one per outlet and there's no guarantee you're getting one and all this stuff. And so I was sort of like, man, we have covered the play date before. So I'm going to fill out the thing and see what happens. Like, why not? Yeah. Because um, even if I just ended up buying my own, I was still probably going to post about it in some capacity on Tetra K because I feel like there's an audience for it of people that are into mobile games would be like, what's this thing all about? Well, yeah, I, I mean, particularly considering like a lot of the games on it are like from big mobile game developers. Like, you know, it's not a for stretch sure. for no relevancy, yeah, you know. So um, what I think is interesting, though, that, so they said that the one your review unit is going to have all the games unlocked from the get go. So, yeah, that's one of the 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 things is the review unit will come. Um, it, I'm not sure if they're unlocked all at once or if I have the ability to fast forward and unlock mm. them quicker. And I think they're not quite sure how that's going to work. I feel like either. it's a really good way to spoil the whole experience. I know it kind of bummed me out. Cause I was like, man, part of the fun of this thing is like having these games slowly unlock, but it kind of makes sense. If you're going to review it, you should have access to more than just the first two games. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I will see. Maybe I'll send it to somebody else. I'll send it to Sean or something and be like, here, you review this. Um, but anyway, yeah, I... Uh, Probably be the only play date in Japan. He'd be, he'd be a cool that's kid. That's true, huh? Yeah, that's actually not a bad idea. Um, but anyway, uh, so yeah, I... Um, it'll have a way to, f- to fast forward to unlock the games quicker. And they've said a few times that they're planning something similar for people that get the console later. Because hmm. there's a big... We talked about we touched on this last week, but I wasn't 
clear on this, but it's it's they've since definitely clarified that you your season starts when you fire up your system for the first time, and that's it. Um, we were initially under the impression that like the season happened like a TV show, right? Like it, everyone, it was live for everybody on this week, um, and then you know, so if you got your system like a month later, you'd be like a month behind on games from everyone else. But that's not actually the case. Um, it the season starts when you fire yours up, and if you got yours a month later, you would fire yours up, and you would get the first two games, and then the new ones would unlock at the same pace as everyone else, two for week, two per week. Um, and so that turn, a lot of people had a weird reaction to that. Where I feel like thinking back on it, I'm like, obviously it has to be like that. It would be too weird, I think, to try and have like a live season of games launch when there's such know. a staggered, you know. But, I mean, something they could have done, too, has been like, okay, we're going to launch this system. Um, It's going to have whatever, let's say four or six games or something like that. Part of the season will be there um, just right off the bat. And then also all the stuff people develop, homebrew stuff and and whatever. You can can, play with your system and use it for that or whatever. But the official season one starts like January 1st or something like that. And by then, the bulk of people should have their systems. And then, well, maybe not a bulk of people. I don't know how it's going to go. But I'm just saying, once they've sent out what feels like the majority of the systems, then start the season so everybody's kind of on the same page with that sort of thing. Yeah. Because there's no real way to do it when you're shipping things out in a staggered fashion like this. And it's going to take months to really fulfill everybody's order. Um and so I think it would be weird. So I think the way that they've ended up doing it where it's it's tied to your console specifically is the way to do it. And they've also said they're going to um, come up with some sort of way to fast forward if you want. So if you get one a month later and you're four games behind or whatever it is, eight games, um, <clears throat> you'll be able to skip ahead <clears throat> to be on like the current week yeah. that uh, the most up-to-date person would be on too. I think that's um, cool. That's a that's, okay that's compromise, I, I think. Because then if you really feel like that's part of the experience and you want that slow drip um, and and experience it at the exact same time as everyone else isn't a, of huge importance to you, then um, you can do that. Um, but if you want to just skip ahead and be up to date with everybody or whatever. And then I think this will be less of a problem, too, um, going forward. with if I assume they'll do a season two or whatever sometime next year. And um, for season two, it can be a lot more like people, I think, all envisioned it would be, would yeah. be like, hey, yeah, yeah. season two starts today. It's going to beam out to everybody. Everybody kind of has handhelds already. So it w- should, in general, start for everybody on the same time anyway. And then you can kind of have that weird simultaneous shared experience that that a lot of people were hoping for from this thing or whatever. So it is what it is. I think the way they're handling everything is fine. And um, But yeah, the review unit they're sending is supposedly going to be able to have access to all the games. All the preview units that went out, there was like a half a dozen or so previews in the last week. Um, those units had four games on them. So um, this will be a little different. It'll have access to all the games. And then also a special um mirroring software so you can mirror it to your pc and capture footage which i think is kind of cool i feel like that's got to be on all of them though right i mean it's it seems i don't think it's particular to the hardware i think it's software that they're going to make available to like reviewers and stuff like that that may or may not be made available to everybody at some point i don't see why it wouldn't be um but i don't know that's all i know based on the email they sent with the info so 
Anywho, yeah, I don't know. I think mixed feelings about getting the review unit because, like you said, it kind of spoils it if it's going to have all the games available. And if I have to do a review about it, I'm going to want to try all the games. And that kind of ruins a lot of the surprise. So yeah. kind of shot myself in the foot <laughs> trying to get <laughs> trying to get a review unit. I think if, it'll be cool if it comes earlier than everyone else's shipping orders come. But I'm not sure that that's necessarily the case, too. It probably will be at least a little bit earlier, but... Um, I don't think by a whole lot. Yeah. So we'll see more info to come on all that too. This is, I don't really know much about it yet, but anywho, like I said, I was going to buy one regardless. And so I might end up having to, I also don't know the review unit might need to be sent back. They haven't really said, yeah, yet. so that, yeah, that, that's if that was the case, I was going to buy one anyway to have, make sure I have my own. Yeah. Um, but if I do end up having two that I get to keep or whatever, um, I will totally pass one on to a friend or maybe give one to my son to goof around with or something like that. I feel like a two-year-old using a crank. I mean, he has a jack-in-the-box. He should know what to do. See how quick he um, can crank it and break yeah. it. And see if I can uh, appeal to some indie developers to make toddler games for the play date, which seems like an actually shockingly good idea. Yeah. So, yeah, play date. Pre-order went well for us, not well for others. And... That sucks. But, uh, so uh, my RG351V update. Yeah. Um, yeah. Still playing the show, this thing. It's like my favorite yeah. dumb little gizmo. Um, it is the best. What's crazy is like, I feel like we should, this, we should have structured these dumb things like some kind of like multi-level marketing thing, right? Where it's like, you right. told me to get mine. I've told a bunch of my friends about it who all have bought one. Like a big pyramid scheme. And now like, scheme. they're telling all <laughs> their friends about it. And like, I have people mm-hmm. that have like never even talked to you. It's like, it's like, hey, dude, I'm Bill's buddy. Uh, you know, he said that you knew how to, like, get the firmware on this thing. Like, where do I get that from? And I'm like, who the fuck is this? Oh, okay. That's rad, though. Um, but, yeah, I was like, man, we should have structured some kind of commission uh, deal because, holy fuck, like, the amount of these I moved. We should have become resellers. I know. Um, yeah, these things are so much fun, though. Like, I feel like uh, the accessibility factor is, like, the thing that, that does it for me. Like, um, just being able to to it's you know turn it on and fire up whatever games you want and um it it's really makes it super easy to replay a bunch of classics that i've yeah. been meaning to replay over the <clears throat> years but i usually get hung up on like well i'm trying to run it on a weird psp or a weird game boy and i'm trying to do all this weird hacky stuff to get things working right or whatever and it's like you feel like you tinker way more than you play with the actual thing which is fine that's also yeah. it's tinkering and figuring things out is fun with emulators but like no, these, with these, it's just like very straightforward, yeah, purpose very little thing. tinkering. Like it just and works. once you get things set up, it's just like damn, and it's a really good experience. So yeah. I'm actually the, really hoping. Yeah the that? the uh, the RG three fifty one V has mm-hmm. had me playing through like so many old NES games and stuff, and it's just been kind of like wild seeing um, like which games that I because I've I've been playing like all the games that I remember like renting as a kid and like never finished yeah. you know and stuff like that mm-hmm. or like just didn't kind of really understand because yeah you know the early um, god what uh, so I was would have been like seven I guess when um, most of like the NES games like really hit and some right. of the NES games are just kind of like a little too obtuse you know for oh, like totally. a, a kid and like just not understand totally. what to do right. and so it's kind of interesting to go back to some of those games that I remember renting and just like having no, no fucking clue. The first thing that I should be doing, like Rygar is a good yeah. example of this, right? Mm-hmm. If you ever yeah. played that. Um, and, uh, 
Yeah, I remember renting that, like, basically just not even really knowing how to get off, like, the first screen. Like, I'd find a couple doors that didn't really go anywhere, and they'd just yeah. die, you know? And yeah. Not no no clue what to do. I've right? had so many games like that when I was a kid. Yeah, and, and now it's pretty cool, because, like, most of these games are fairly basic, and, like, just spending, like, five minutes, like, just skimming over, like, the game fact entry... It's yeah. just like, oh, okay. So there's like an item chain that I need to get here. Yeah. And like, I just need to go to like these different doors and get these items. That's how you proceed. Okay, cool. And then like, once you do that, like you can beat the game in like, you know, a save state. So you don't waste yeah, a ton right. of time redoing stuff. You know, like most NES games you could beat inside of like an hour, which is yeah. Yeah. Um, just kind of neat. It's to, nice. yeah. yeah. Just be like, it's, oh, uh, so this is what you were supposed to do in this. Like, I wish I would have known this, you know, God, what, yeah. 30 years ago or whatever. Yeah. Totally. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's really great. I, I love mine too. Can't can't um, say enough good things. Um, you should probably just have a post on Touchercade that's like, this is the emulation thing that we're talking about all the time. Here's the links to buy the, the shit. I could. I feel like it's... I don't know how people feel anymore about things like this because it's, it's like, these are for loading ROMs and playing emulators. You know what I mean? But I feel like any backlash against that would be in the very minority. Like, people like to get kind of like I'm, on uh, our high horse about that sort of thing. I mean, but for me, I'm primarily playing games that I either owned or rented. So like, I don't or know, have you know, or bought, bought many multiple, multiple times, times over, yeah. but yeah. yeah, I think we kind of touched on this before, but I feel like there is a threshold of like, Oh dude, I ripped, I, I downloaded all these PS3 games and I'm playing them and stuff like that. Like that doesn't feel right. But like, yeah, like these like NES Switch, games from my childhood. Yeah, like the that people you that just have, can't even get the cartridge yeah, for anymore yeah. unless you are a millionaire. Like, I feel like that stuff should be in some sort of hollow ground. And especially, like you said, uh, most of them are just games I already owned anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, there's definitely some new experiences in there, but for the most part, I just want to replay the NES games I had as a kid already, which I already bought once or twice or more times over the years. So, yeah. um, I don't know. It's definitely a weird area. But you're right. I think. Um, posting about these things and then Amazon affiliate linking them would be probably a good idea. Probably would have been smart. Hey, everyone, buy it through our link. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. And also, I supposedly a new Ambernick um, chipset is on the horizon. Um, so that will that will actually introduce some new um, performance for some newer consoles and stuff too, which I to me... I don't really want I don't that. Care. Like, I feel like this go- doing PS One really well is great because PS One still feels like super retro to me. But I have some Dreamcast games on here too, where I'm like, well, the file size gets so play big. Sonic too. Adventure, right? Yeah, they are they are on the larger side, the CD based stuff. But um, Whereas, like, you know, if it was NES... all of a sudden like, hey, you can also play GameCube, I'd be like, fuck, man, I don't think I have, I can't go through all the GameCube games I used to like or whatever. Like, yeah. I'm still up to my eyeballs and stuff I want to replay on Genesis and Super Nintendo and whatever. So yeah. extra performance I don't really care about, although if they do release a new one, I'd probably get it. But anyway. I played through Castlevania. Uh, I beat the I beat the original Castlevania for the first time in my fucking life. I never I never beat it as a kid. Yeah. That I re- game is uh, awful. Not recently, but a couple years ago, did the same thing. It I had to sit, rewind my way through so yeah, many no, parts of it because I am garbage I did at between it. Between save states and rewinds, like I just cheesed yeah. my way through it, and it was still through it too. unbelievably difficult. I mean, like still truly hard. just yeah. insane that they, that that they ever made but that so game good. like that. I mean, it's like, good, I, but I like I mean, they, you know, like when you die from a boss, you're like, all right, well, fuck it, select uh, right trigger, yeah. let's just go again. Um, yeah, right. such a different experience being like, all right, well, I guess to just start over now and oh, dude, hope that I think about that too, where I'm like, when I was a kid, 
like we there there's some legitimately hard games that we beat legitimately as a, a kid like me and my yeah. cousin or me and my friends or whatever like bionic commando is a super difficult game and we beat that more than one occasion um and it was that sort of thing too where it was like well we died on level seven and our we're out of lives and so it's start from the very beginning like there's nothing to do about that yeah i've also done the like keep the keep the nests on overnight mm-hmm. to yeah. preserve your progress or whatever um, it just fascinates me that like back in the day when you're a kid and you don't really have much else going on, you could be like, oh, well, we spent all day getting to the very last level just to die and have to start all over. So let's start all over or let's spend all next t- tomorrow doing the same thing and getting yeah. to where we were I just, and it, just beating your head over something until you do it. Yeah, that, that's what was blowing my mind is like a lot of the – so, you know, the Castlevania bosses, original Castlevania bosses, like most old NES bosses, you know, it's just like – basically figuring out the pattern, right? And like, once you figure out the mm-hmm. pattern, you know what to do. But mm-hmm. God, I was just, I, I couldn't get over the fact that I was like, man, I could have, I could have bashed my head against this all day, come across like Frankenstein for the first time mm-hmm. and just have him touch me and just die. You basically not, like no, insta death. Yeah. Now I know what to do and be like, yeah, right. all right, well, pff, it's gonna take me another three hours to get back there to try again, <laughs> get back yeah. there again and be like, all right, I just fucking died again. Uh, yeah. Maybe the 90th try again time tomorrow. Yeah, no, it's crazy. So uh, I don't, I, I applaud people that are hardcore and like, I beat it legit or whatever. No, but I also don't fun. fault anybody that's <laughs> our age, middle age people that are like, have lives that they can't spend all day replaying an NES game um, who use save states and stuff like that. I think the important thing is like experiencing those games. Because like I said, Castlevania 1, Castlevania 3, we actually, if I remember, we beat when I was a kid. But 1, I never did. And um, it was really satisfying to like, you know, we we I very likely have seen the later stages, and I believe we even got to Dracula a few times or whatever, but I don't remember actually beating it. But like being able to experience those as an adult, um, it's cool. I think oh, it's, dude, the important the, thing is experiencing those games, Dracula. No how you get through it? I cheese that so hard with like save states every time I actually hit the boss successfully, I would save state. And then when I got oh, really? hit, I would just resume. And it was crazy. It was like, Sometimes that makes it harder, though, because it pops you back in so instantly into a spot where you might need to be. But, like, I, um, Dracula has a – there's a trick, right? Like the holy water, I think, or something oh, does, like, know. mega I, damage to him or whatever. But um, I don't remember specifically. But his, his but yeah. second phase just, like, wall humps you. And if he touches you once, you're just dead. And yeah, I just, yeah. like, man, I, I don't even know. That game would have gotten Ninja Star out the window. <laughs> right yeah totally totally but, crazy well why um, don't we how, how about this for fun like why don't we buzz through these news stories real quick and we'll just use the rest of the time going through emails and good to uh me. that way we don't get run short on anything and we can just spill over into next Too week caught up i feel yeah um let's see let's talk about this warbits <laughs> news um so many years ago um a a uh, developer called Risky Lab released a game called Warbits. And I remember at the time, ever since the iPhone first came out, really, it was like, we need games like Advance Wars. Yeah. And to be fair, on every other platform, you can say the same thing. We want games like Advance Wars. Bring back Advance Wars. Um, one of the most like beloved uh, you know, strategy games released way back in the Game, game Boy Advance days. And I feel like it's still like the benchmark that people look for when they look for like an accessible real-time strategy game that has like, you know, 
actual strategy, but like anybody can approach it and play it. And it's not there like was, so um, a few, and crazy. Like a few different ones, like Unawar, right? Was one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Up through up into the DS's day, I don't think, or maybe even 3DS, but I think up into the DS, they made Advance Wars games. But, hmm. um, oh, you're talking about on, uh, yeah, on iPhone had various. On iPhone, yeah. Unawar was, yeah. I think, the first Unawar. one That's that right. got really popular. And that was like almost like uh, hex grid based, if I recall correctly. Yeah. 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 I remember you more. Yeah. So yeah, there's definitely some attempts to be like, this is the advanced wars for mobile or whatever. Um, I feel like Warbits came the closest though. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's a lot to do with like the art style was, was very similar that you looked at and you're like, Oh yeah, cool. This is advanced wars. Yeah. Right. Cause yeah. there was also like the, what was the Luke Bernard games? Um, um were very similar to uh, d- uh, God, not destiny's child. It was, um, <laughs> destiny's, <laughs> destiny's something or other. Um, Mecha Wars. His his next Mecha game Wars. was Destiny, yes. something or other. Right. But yeah, the Mecha Wars games, which I actually liked quite a bit back in the day, and scratched a similar itch, but weren't quite there. I think Warbits was like the one. It was like, yeah, this is as close to Advance Wars you can get without putting the ROM on your phone or yeah. whatever, um, which was really cool. Um, and then, but that was a long time ago. I want to say in what, 2014, something like that. Yeah. And, uh, the game has since, I don't even know if it's available at this moment, but, oh, 2016, actually. It was a little newer than I thought. But still, I don't know if the game is even still available or if they pulled it. It is trying to find it right now. It is still there. Um, it was updated in 2017, so it's kind of out of date, whatever. Didn't really expect much to happen with this game, but um, Risky Lab announced on Twitter that... A lot of people have been asking for an updated version, and um, they finally are going to oblige. They're actually going to rebuild the game from scratch because the way they built it back in the day is very outdated, makes it hard to update and stuff like that. And so um, it's not really apparent right now if it's going to be we're going to update the existing game. I kind of think it makes sense for them to, if they're going to do all this work and update it and have it be modernized, to release it as a new game. Yeah. But uh, it's it's kind of undetermined on how they're going to go with it. But either way, Warbits, if you missed out on it originally, um, look out for this new version because this is a really good Advance Wars-like game for mobile. So happy to see it coming back. It seems like there's uh, a, a trend brewing, and I don't know if this has to do with Apple Arcade or what, but like developers kind of like redoing a game as if it would like kind of like what would be like an Apple Arcade Plus version, yeah. but then it yeah. kind of not being in that. And I'm yeah, I don't know. It's a interesting, interesting trend, I guess. Yeah, I feel like um, there, we're probably at a point too where there was like a lot of early apps where people that released paid games, and then a lot of people that tried when free to play became a thing to try to get on that train. But free to play is one of those things that you can't just do, especially yeah. if you're like a one or two person studio. Yeah, I mean, that's the, um, the best way to have a very wacky kind of like free to play experience that right. just pisses everyone off and doesn't make any money. Is yeah, not knowing what yeah. you're doing. Yeah. And so I think uh, there's probably a lot of people, too, that had games that they really liked, but maybe they tried to do a free-to-play version or try to follow the trends of the time, and it didn't work out. But they still like the game, and they still have an original vision yeah. of how it should be or whatever. So maybe going back and redoing it in a way that was how they originally had kind of wanted to um, makes sense. So maybe that's something to do with it. But um, So this was announced today. This is one of those funny stories. Uh, the Zelda-like adventure game Baldo is coming to Apple Arcade on August uh, 25th or 27th. Anyway, oh, August 27th. 
one of the few Apple Arcade games actually has an announced date. But anyway, um, this kind of I saw this news. Right. And I was like, oh, cool. And I was like, man, that seems familiar. Um, and I had to look it up. And I had actually posted about this game in 20. Well, now I'm going to I should just look. But <laughs> uh, it was a long time ago. 2014. Yeah. A long time ago. 2017. I feel like this is older than that. OK, well, whatever. Four years ago. That's pretty old. Um, I had actually posted about it because they posted this in our forums in 2016, um, announcing this game originally as a mobile game. And then it kind of like news about it disappeared. And then over the next few years, there would be new trailers or new news announced about this game. Um, and it was always like console and PC, console and PC, no ever mention of mobile again. And you're sort of like, man, that sucks. But that's also not like an uncommon thing to happen. A game gets like, announced for mobile, yeah. gets some attention, and then becomes a console PC game with a maybe mobile port down the road. Didn't that happen Which with like, like the, uh, Cat Quest, I think, was another one that kind of did that, right? A Cat Quest 2, maybe? Cat Quest remember. 2, well, Cat Quest 2 was Apple Arcade, but Cat Quest 1 was, um, almost did that same thing. I think it actually, I can't remember if it launched on PC and mobile at the same time, or if it was mobile for a while, and then went PC platform, um, or PC console and got really, really popular. Um, but yes, yeah, so, you know, the point is we see this sort of thing happen all the time where yeah. a game gets announced for mobile and then it goes to other platforms, whatever. So full circle time, um, this game actually is actually coming to mobile, but just as an Apple Arcade game, which I think is really cool. But um, man, if you haven't been following this game, follow it. Uh, there's a lot of actually good video previews and some good footage of this game, even though it's not out yet. Um, showing what it's all about. Um, it's Studio Ghibli inspired. So if you're into like that whole thing, yeah, it looks um, really neat. it's got a really great art style and really cool story and characters, but it's married with very Zelda like gameplay. And they're not shy about saying that they're inspired by Zelda. And some of it is to like almost like concerning levels where they have like the guardian bosses coming alive and stuff like that. And you're like, Whoa, man, eh. that's super Zelda, but whatever. That's okay. Um, I mean, it's it does a lot feel like, like it's um, spin on things still. God, what was what's the the Corn Fox? Uh, yeah, the Ocean uh, Horn. Ocean Horn. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like that. You know, like people. Yeah, it was very Zelda, but it was like, well, all right, well, right. you're not going to have Zelda on an iPhone, so who cares? Yeah, right. Um, either way, it looks super awesome. Watch the trailers if you haven't, and then um, this will come to Apple Arcade on August 27th, as well as launching on PC and consoles and stuff like that. So that's pretty cool. And then. Related, or as part of the same announcement, um, Asphalt 8 Airborne is getting a plus version on Apple Arcade, which um, that'll be a game I'm really interested to see with no ads or, or in-app purchase stuff in it. Yeah. An Apple Arcade, a clean version, if you will. Um, how is that going to work? Because this game has been around for years and years, and also, it's it is still like mega popular. Free to play and, out. Yeah, it's like the it's like free to play the game, where, and it's it's... It's all pretty obtainable stuff, at least in my experience, but it's very grindy. It's like, and you really got to be on top of like events and stuff like that. Um, so if you're not really committed to like playing this game all day, every day, yeah, um, then you might not achieve everything. But it's a very fun and playable game without getting to elite status, if you will. Um, so I'm sort of curious to see how an Asphalt 8 that doesn't have any of that stuff plays. I mean, I don't know. Curious to see how they rework it. But anyway, um, that also should be coming. It sounds like it'll come on the same day as Baldo, so August 27th, but that could always change. Anywho, 
moving along, Nintendo announced this week Dr. Mario World, the mobile free-to-play Dr. Mario game, is shutting down. Does this I, surprise you at all? Because it doesn't really surprise me that much. Like, I don't think it's surprising. I know this was like the worst performing of all their mobile games. But I also just know personally I bounced really hard off this one because I thought it wasn't fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe a lot of other people felt the same. I, uh, yeah, I, 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 I just wonder how you screw this up. How do you screw up doing Dr. Mario on mobile? Right. You know what I mean? Because playability-wise, it seemed fine. But I, I do feel like they tinkered with the formula a little too hard, too. So if you were like a hardcore Dr. Mario fan, this is not quite the same thing. Um, but they had really good production values, really good characters. I thought the updated like art styles and stuff, all that stuff was fine. Um, so, well, whatever. I guess if you're into this game, say farewell. It's going to close down in October. October October 31st. I mean, I just for me, I just thought that there was just kind of like better better games mm-hmm. that kind of fit this this hole, you know, like I mean, god, it's if just you want... a shame though cuz if you did a good free-to-play matching game with Dr. Mario, I don't how do you screw that up? I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. I feel like I want something like that. I wanted to like this game when it came out, and I even tried it a handful of different times being like, maybe I'll feel differently. Like, no, every time I was like, this isn't fun. So, um, I guess that was just the problem with that one. And, uh, they're doing okay with their other mobile games. So I guess they don't care yeah. too much. It just wasn't worth it to keep this one going. But if you were a fan of the game, that sucks. So, I mean, they, they're just, the app store is just like app store gamers are just extremely overserved by very good free to play puzzle games. Right. That's and I true. think that like, you can't just apply the um, the Dr. Mario brand on an okay puzzle game and expect it yeah. to do well in a in yeah. a market filled with outstanding puzzle games, you know? Yeah, pretty and much. I think so. Shouldn't be surprised to anyone, I guess. Yeah, I agree. So anyway, rip Dr. Mario World. Rip. Uh, we hardly piece. knew you. Yeah, I guess it was, what, not even two years old. So, hmm. yeah. End of October, it'll be. I mean, I, I, it makes me wonder. Like, it had to be performing pretty fucking bad for them to be like, "Yeah, we're just gonna can this," as opposed to just kind of like letting it run its course. Yeah, yeah, I kind of think so too because I can't imagine it losing money, even being the worst performing mobile game. I doubt it lost money, right? Right. Because I think it would take a very small team to be putting out the new content that they were for that. But, um, you know, if it's like. Is it making enough money? We could have these people that are working on doing something else that's better. Right. Maybe that was the decision. Or maybe it was just straight up losing money and you can't have that. So, you know, whatever. Um, and finally this week, I wanted to talk about the new Final Fantasy re-release Pixel Remaster games. Um, I don't remember if we talked about this on the podcast before or not, but I think we bit. did. Um yeah, this was the ones that's like, I mean, it's always a controversy when Square redoes an old game especially a series like Final Fantasy that has just a pretty hardcore fan base. Um, but for the most part, I kind of appreciate what they're doing here. The first six Final Fantasy games, which um, are all like the most classic versions, right? Seven was really like when things started, like a new era. Right. Um, and so what they did is they're redoing them all and redrawing all the, the artwork and stuff like that, but doing it all in a consistent style. So they all match each other and they all have really well done um, 
new soundtracks with that does all the old music and uh you know new versions stuff like that that's so far that's been like a, a thing i feel like nobody's you know uh complained about is the, the soundtracks but anyway the new art styles and stuff um lots of mixed opinions about this sort of thing not surprising but i think at the at the very least you can say okay they put all this work in to make their first six Final Fantasy games modern match each other in style and be able to be updated for many years to come. Because right. <clears throat> shockingly, the you know, at least on the mobile side of things, um, the Final Fantasy ports of of the games that had been released in for, through one through six um, were all like over a decade old. Yeah. And so yeah, Square Enix has kept them running, but they definitely feel outdated, right? So just getting stuff that natively supports all the resolutions and uh, UIs and stuff like that um, just feels good to have modern versions. They probably also put a lot of effort into, um, so in the time between the original, well, you know, the original Final Fantasy ports, the old ones being launched, and now there's been a lot of um, kind of like back-end stuff that developers can use that Apple's put into iOS and also exists on Android to some extent Mm -hmm. where it's like, dynamically will deal with the screen size so like yeah you know this should be a way more future-proof version that's the word i was thinking of yeah Yeah. future-proofing all these games which i think is a good thing so um anywho sean has been on so so this week they released one two and three um and then next month sometime i think they are releasing four five six of these pixel remasters um all the old versions that were available on ios are now delisted but still playable for now, um, if you yeah, and have owned them like already. The annoying title like Final Fantasy Three old version old or something version, like that. yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, if you already own them, um, they should still work and be fine, and they're still essentially the same games. Although um, the reason I wanted to highlight this is because Sean is on the beat. He we've already posted reviews for the one and two, and then three may or may not go up by the time you hear this podcast. Um, if it does not go up today, though, it'll go up on Monday. Um, and he, as always, offers really good insights into these sorts mm-hmm. of things. He is RPG expert guy, which is good because I am not. Um, and so the gist of uh, Final Fantasy 1 and 2, which reviews you can read right now. Um, so they cut a lot of the extra content that was added in later remakes of the game. Like all these games have been remade so many times over the years. Um, and each time, sometimes they would add new content, new dungeons, maybe new side quests, new characters, maybe mess with how the, the magic systems or other game systems work or whatever. Um, for better or worse, these latest remasters hew as close as possible to the originals. And that includes cutting out all of that bonus content that had come in later remakes or whatever. Um, according to Sean in Final Fantasy 1, that's not that big of a loss, but in Final Fantasy 2 it kind of is because a lot of the, the bonus content they added actually enriched the story and introduced characters that were meaningful. And, um, you know, so it's kind of feels, you feel it a lot more in Final Fantasy 2 not having that content. Um, however, the original games, as they were, still do stand on their own. And so it's a good... I, I think the biggest question is like, if you already owned the mobile version of these, should you rebuy the remasters? I yeah. think it leans towards no. You're fine just playing the ones if you're happy with them and you just want to play through Final Fantasy again. The original versions that are still as of right now working, um, 
you know, are probably not worth spending the extra money on if you're not diehard wanting these remasters. Um, especially in the case of two, because it has bonus content and stuff in it. However, if you don't own these yet, these are perfectly good ways to get them. They will probably be the definitive versions for a very long time. I don't think you're going to go through all this again in like even 10 years, right? So you should be safe to buy these and have these the ones going forward. And then, of course, if your old existing versions get broken on an iOS version update, chances are they're not getting fixed. So then you'll have to buy one of these versions. Um, and it's not so bad. I mean, uh, the font is really small is another big complaint, which on PC you can actually change very easily. But on iOS, you can't because you can't tinker with the files. Hopefully they, they remedy that or whatever. But by and large, these are very good updated versions of all these classic games. Um, and if that's worth it to you to rebuy, then feel free. I don't think you'll be upset, but I also don't think it's necessary that you need to rebuy these if you already own the existing ones or whatever. So check out those reviews if you haven't yet. And like I said, the Final Fantasy III review should be up maybe today or maybe Monday. Check that out as well. And that's it. That's all I had for mobile gaming news stuff to talk about this week. So yeah, let's hop into some we, of those. We can emails. hop into some uh, episode 500. We got probably what 15 or 20 minutes. We can uh, dedicate yeah. to some I mean, of this long, stuff as long as you want. I think I'm going to hit up. Um, we had a few comments in our Patreon exclusive Discord chat, which I want to hit on now because those are hardest to keep track of, and I don't want them to get overlooked. Oh, yeah, that's so a good, good one. <clears throat> Long time uh, TA supporter, Zeb. Did we ever decide if it's Zeb or Zeb? I think it's Zeb, but I always I always mentally read it as Zeb because like the Metroid Zeeb. planet Zebes. Yeah, which I don't even know how that's how you pronounce that, but that's how I always think I always pronounce that Zebes. Really? <laughs> I could be way off with that. I don't have no idea. But uh, also, AKA IRL name Matt. Yeah. Um, Good guy, been around TA for a long time. We've met. Come to a lot of our parties too. Cool guy to hang out with. Yeah, we've met in real life many, many times, and uh, very good guy. Um, So, in regards to how he got involved with Tetracade, says I've told my story before, but how I got involved with TA was recovering from an eye problem. I needed to get my eyes time off reading and playing games, so I hit on the idea of listening to podcasts. Oh yeah, I just asked for something about video games and saw TA in the list. This was back when Brad was on the show. I listened to a few episodes and was hooked, then started checking the site regularly. And the rest is history. Thanks for all the laughs, beers at GDC, and good game recommendations. Thank you, Matt. You're one of the good ones. And um, an OG real like one. A pretty OG real one. That seems like a pretty uh, typical way to. Uh, that's how I got involved in Touch Arcade, was just Googling like iPhone game reviews. And <laughs> like TA was front and center. So, yeah. Um, and then Sean, actually our own Sean Musgrave, chimes in and says uh, his short story is that he got an iPhone 4 after his old flip phone broke and was looking for some games, found TA, bit later saw a job listing for writers, applied for the job, made some great memories and great friends. Um, Sean's been around a long time. I think he just had like his eight-year anniversary or something like something that. crazy like that, yeah. Pretty crazy he's been with us for so long. And then uh, Mikhail also... Uh, been with us a long time and is the the I've most also, prominent writer. also met sean irl oh yeah you went to japan, japan and yeah. got to meet met, sean met the whole fam life. even the whole fam that's so yeah. cool i if i ever go to japan i'm totally gonna meet sean because yeah. uh it was cool yeah, we went good to people. rotary sushi oh really yeah the, and then i, I the felt bad because japan they were not experience. super into sushi but were just uh humoring me mm-hmm. <laughs> i was like oh we could have oh, gone really? anywhere i don't care yeah, 
knowing Shawnee, he'd be like, why couldn't we have gone to like McDonald's and got yeah. weird, weird Japanese McDonald's food? Um, so Mikhail says, uh, can't remember exactly. I can't remember exactly when it was, but I remember TA was the only site when I just got an iPod Touch to actually post about paid games. When others kept posting about only free stuff or had too many annoying ads, there was a lot of people that would think that ta was the opposite mm. accused of being the free-to-play shills but anywho well i mean that's why i'm re- living in lap of luxury now i know that's why you, you know. have what two lamborghinis now yeah well um, I, it's hard they're so hard to keep track of now you know, how many like, do i even have i don't anymore? even know <laughs> um been reading since and i saw eli tweet about new writers so dm'd him and i've been here ever since uh, I remember a few friends told me to use the app, but I barely did. <laughs> Man, our app. Oh, I miss our app so That was so. good. Yeah. This is a hardcore OGTA crew right here, Matt and Sean and Mikhail. So yeah. thanks, guys, for sharing your stories. And then anybody else that's out there that's a Patreon and in our Discord, feel free to leave a story in the uh, Patreon chat there or wherever. Ping us wherever and let us know. Oh, actually, that I'm glad I said that because that reminded me that um, – Twister with a three for the E. Hacker alias Twister. Good hacker um, alias. Sent us, good hacker alias. Sent us a really good email and pinged me in chat to uh, remind me about it. And uh, not going to lie, teared up a little bit with his email. Let's see if we... Uh, but I don't know if we... Should we, um, should we just go in order of order I mean, sent? We'll hop how, over to email. I, I just, just don't lose track of them. How, just don't lose track. Okay, I'll, yeah. we'll start... Some of these are kind of long, so I'll probably have to paraphrase some of it, but um, we'll try to get to everybody's eventually. So I'm just going to start with the earliest ones that were sent in. Um, first one comes from Tony. Good name. That's my kid's name. Um, says, congrats on 500 podcasts. Not initially interested in mobile and never owned a smartphone. I was a strictly PC gamer. Mobile was for non-gamers to play Candy Crush and such. Idiots Got and babies, iPad. some might say. Yeah, baby games. <laughs> Uh, got an iPad on suggestion and insist- insistence from my wife, plus deeper board and card games started appearing, which seemed a perfect fit for touchscreens. That's very true. Uh, on my third iPad now, as it's so convenient, and Apple Arcade makes gaming virtually free. Also very true. I used to read Pocket Tactics until their change of management, at which point switched to TA for mobile information. Have ordered a Steam Deck, due for delivery sometime in 2077, yes. and I think this will remove the distinction between PC and mobile. Thanks for all the helpful coverage. Uh, thanks so much for listening. And um, yeah, Pocket Tactics, man, used to be a really good site. I liked that they were like, we're going to focus on strategy and paid mm-hmm. games only and yeah. not do any free-to-play crap, they like whatever. very long-form stuff, too, which was like... Very, very... long-form stuff, yeah. yeah. Um, great website. Actually, great people that work there and stuff, too. Uh, that tactic did not work out. And we know very well firsthand that that sort of stuff doesn't work out. We've had Sean do a lot of really great quality, long form stuff that finds an audience, but that audience is like not people. large enough to pay the bill. <clears throat> yeah. And then you fart out a stupid free to play game guide or whatever that does like infinitely more traffic and generates infinitely more money to keep the site going for years too. I like, mean, God, we had man. some guides that like Eric Ford had oh, written dude. That were like number one for traffic for like years. And still do. Like, uh, yeah, I routinely will go through like our um, most trafficked articles for like the last three months or whatever. And I usually look for the first like 100 or 200 or whatever because beyond that, it, the numbers get pretty small. But um, 
I'm I'm always amazed at what pops up in there that'll be like a weird free to play yeah, game guide like from 2013. SimCity Builder it's in the or top hundred. Like did a million hits this month or something stupid like that. Yeah, it's it's depressing and a marvel at the same time. But um, so anyway, yeah, Pocket Tactics. Unfortunately, that didn't work out for them, and then they got bought, and then there was a lot of weirdness with the people that bought them because it was like a strategy game company or something. Slither Slithering bought Slithering, them or something yeah, like that. I, I forget. I don't know if they still own them or not. I just remember there was like yeah. um, surprising amounts of drama surrounding that because the guy that owned it like it sold drama. it without telling anyone more or less. And for like six months yeah, or a year, it was or crazy. Like I mean, yeah. like the craziest way you could handle that situation. But and then covering games by the people that bought them and not saying anything. I yeah. feel like man, that was especially with that crew that was into that type of coverage. That was yeah, um, that was a very interesting decision to make. Yeah, not. Anywho, I mean, I don't have any. I mean, you know getting bought by a, I mean, it made a lot of sense to get bought by Slytherin, but like, oh, I just, totally, but I just don't know why you wouldn't it. like make it a yeah. big deal. Like, Hey, Oh my God, guys, like we just got acquired by like, yeah, like these One really the awesome most guys that, strategy game developers yeah. out there. That seems like it should be a match made in heaven. Yeah, and and you can just, always be like, look, we're going to be objective. Take us on our word or not. We'll be upfront about posting about yeah. when we talk about their games. But you know that, yeah, that seemed like a weird situation to me that they didn't take that ball and run with it. Yeah, it was a good fit because it could have been like uh, a really cool thing where it's like, hey, man, like we're just insiders now. So like, you know, we're going to give you like all the cool right. stuff that they're working on and everything else, because like we're yeah. basically partners now and we'll throw disclaimers on it. You know, like trust us or don't like, you know, that we're cool. Yeah. And I don't know. Yeah. It's very weird to um, not have taken that opportunity. But I don't know if you if you I don't know if you've been at Pocket, Pocket Tactics in recent years or not, I but it, it like, is like content farm city yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every sure. free to play game guide you could think of, yeah, stuff like that, good. and you know, whatever. It is what it is. I I don't fault them. That's what you got to do. Oh survive, yeah, so. yeah. What a bummer. What a bummer that you don't have to worry about it anymore. Um, okay, so our our next email. Uh, thanks again to Tony. This is from Abram who says, my story. I was always behind on consoles and never really played anything but games like Mario or sports games. When Skyrim came out, a friend of mine showed it to me and it blew my mind. I always liked medieval stuff as a kid, so the possibility of exploring a fantasy medieval world in a video game was something I'd never considered. Discovering Skyrim caused me to Google something along the lines of medieval games for my iPod. This search led me to touch arcade in the game Aralon, which was my first ever RPG, as funny as that sounds. I became obsessed with following the Touch Arcade app and looking for news of new games like Aralon. Many of my first RPGs I discovered on Touch Arcade, such as Aralon, Raven Sword, the Dragon Quest series, Lunar Silver Star Story, Oceanhorn, etc. Basically, these days I've become a bit of an RPG aficionado, and it's all thanks to Touch Arcade, as well as Sean Musgrave's RPG Rewinds, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Man, this is just what we were talking about, basically. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that's kind of amazing, too, to think of like, Skyrim now is 10 years old or whatever. Oh, I know. Um, it's it's <laughs> crazy. Like, like just how old that game is now. <laughs> yeah. and, and they still sell it. Yeah. My, uh, my partner, Lindsay was fucking around in Skyrim on her switch. And I was like, man, that game yeah. still looks really good. And I mm-hmm. was thinking about it. I was like, man, that game is old though. And it's wild that they haven't I can't believe. released yeah. another elder scrolls game or uh haven't needed to you know, really i mean but that's a game too that they could have released like so many expansion packs and maybe oh yeah maybe i don't did they even release a expansion pack i don't remember i think there was one or two yeah no i'm positive there was at least one or two um but yeah i don't know i re- i 
replayed through a, a bunch of it when it came out on Switch because the Switch version was on sale once, and I was like, yeah, yeah why not? Switch version is really good. Runs too. surprisingly well. It's mm-hmm. really fun game to pop yeah. on like instant on the couch load times, which is neat. Yeah, yeah it, it, it it's a good version. Except the other thing I found about Skyrim, which I've never dabbled in, is the world of mods, mm-hmm. and like that's I think one of the things that gave the game so many legs is like you know talking about expansions. There's players out there that have created like basically huge expansion content or basically reskinned or remade the game in entire ways to to give something totally different. And same sort of thing with like Fallout and stuff too. So Yeah, I was always um, kind of surprised that like Bethesda didn't embrace that community a little bit more and like yeah. um you know for for the content expansion ones particularly, you know, like man, imagine yeah. how geeked you would be if you like made one of those and Bethesda hit you up like, hey, we're gonna release this as like an official one. Like, can we cut yeah. you in on like you know the however they would do it Something. to get paid on that you know like right. I, if that was me i'd be jazzed as fuck that they thought yeah. that my thing was cool enough to like release it as like an official update yeah and you just, see oh, a and, little bit of that nowadays i think it, we're probably moving into that territory with consoles hmm. um because i feel like the the lines between console and pc gaming are kind of starting to blend a lot more and um, you'll see oh, yeah. things like well, skater crossplay is normal now, you know, like that's an right, expected right, feature. Right, right. Yeah. And so you'd be mad if you were playing like the big new game that's crossplay and it's like, oh, we have all these mods on computer with this new content that you mm-hmm. can't play because you're on Xbox or whatever. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, Skater XL did something similar, a game that I play on Xbox um, that has a bajillion mods because there's like park creators and stuff. Um, a bajillion mods on PC. And then they release a certain amount of them as like officially endorsed, you know, DLC or whatever, um, which that's cool. I don't know. I can see that happening down the line for other games. I think Minecraft is something kind of similar. So anywho, uh, Abram, thanks so much for listening. Glad you found us and glad you found RPGs and liked Sean's RPG coverage. I would love to have him go back and do more of that, but I just don't know if it'll ever happen. <clears throat> um, here's another OG TA person mike shram wrote oh, in yeah, to us mike shram. mike shram one of my favorite people to run into at conferences i know i and, was uh, so bummed with. when he got like a real job and kind of quit doing the conference <laughs> uh conference we'd still scene. see him here and there though and uh, yeah he would always he would always make an effort to stop by like ta parties and stuff yeah. like that which i thought was really cool so we love mike shram um <clears throat> touch arcade has pulled off something no other company in the mobile industry mobile game industry has ever been able to do have an idea so good that apple completely rip it off and Hmm. survive anyway from that early dual jump coverage up through the flappy bird controversies eli hode up three goodbye posts millions of free codes on the forums all of jared's various bmis arnold kim zero goodbye posts and now the amazing switch arcade which is much better more reliable and more useful than anything else on the site ever was wow it's been a roller coaster guys yeah thanks (laughs) um all of that blood, sweat, and tears over the course of a decade plus, and Apple didn't even put the app icon in a video on stage. Yeah, no kidding. But seriously, congrats on 500 episodes. I've only listened to the one that I was on, but I'm sure the rest were really good, too. <laughs> Sincerely, <laughs> Mike Shram, formerly of Tua, which formerly existed. The unofficial Apple weblog, which yeah. was another site. Yeah, so, uh, sort of a couple more for Joystick, too. Yeah, Joystick, rip. Um, but yeah... <clears throat> Thanks, Mike Schramm. You won't be listening to this because you don't listen to our show, but thank you for the congrats anyway. You have always been a friend of Touch Arcade and always will be, and uh, just one of the best dudes in the industry, really. A great guy. And um, really funny kind of the things that he points out, too. Um, yeah, Apple really 
really screwed us there on the whole app thing. But anyway, um, let's see. Next up, we have uh, another longtime friend of the show, Cody, who uh, says, Hey, Jared and Eli, and congrats on 500 episodes. I'm super glad Touch Arcade is still going, and Eli stuck around to keep doing the podcast because it's one of my favorites. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Eli, for sticking around and doing the podcast. Yeah. Been a couple of years, over two years now of, of you doing this for no good reason other than. I just than, like hanging out with I my assume buddy you Jerry. like it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it does give us a chance to chit chat each week, which I think is nice. So, but yeah, if you ever. You know, need to move on. Don't be afraid. I got nothing. I'll learn how to record a podcast on my own. I probably should have re- learned how to record all this on my own a long time yeah, ago. But the ancient secret of pressing one button. Hey, at least I write the posts now. I, we were doing that for a long time too. So, um, so I start, he says uh, he continues. I started reading Touch Arcade when one of my friends recommended the app to me, and I love checking out the new stuff every day. Here are some of my favorite Touch Arcade memories. Listening to one of my first Touch Arcade, Touch Arcade Show episodes as a 14-year-old on vacation in California and hearing you guys rave about pocket planes. Oh, oh man. That's a long time ago. That's a long time ago, yeah. <laughs> Getting my question about whether y'all thought Infinity Blade Dungeons would be iPad only answered on the show. Oh, Infinity Blade yeah, Dungeons. Infinity. Remember Rip. that? Rip. Yeah. <laughs> Um, meeting Carter at PAX South 2017. He was extremely li- nice and friendly, even though I was just a random TA fan. Uh, Carter, another great guy who is very Yeah, uh, I miss very hanging nice out with Carter person. a lot. Yeah. Fucking goofball. I love that dude. Hey, if we want to go to PAX West this year, we'll see him, but uh, I am not doing that. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere this year. I don't care. Uh, yeah, that seems All like... the COVID stuff's flaring up again, so it's like, pff, seems what's the point? Seems like a questionable decision. Yeah. So Cody says, y'all are awesome. Keep up the great work. Also says, P.S. I'd like to second the idea from a few months ago about having a bootleg podcast feed on the Patreon with a pre-show and whatever else is in the video version. Also, I would pay many dollars for a third episode of Arash and Eli's Mega Ultracast. (laughs) Oh, I actually have news on that. We um, Really? So um, Arash did that um, Walt Garden Weekly post, Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. podcast rather. Uh, with uh, with Kevin, and yeah. you know Kevin is too busy being a multimillionaire now to to do anything that he's freaking MIA. Yeah. Well, I mean, can you blame him? I mean, God, his games. He's had a streak of luck. Well, I don't know if he's in luck, but <laughs> yeah. it's like everything the dude releases is more successful than the last thing. He does everything himself, so it's like uh, he's uh, he's a guy. He can afford a thousand dollar toilet seats. That's all I know. He's um. Like when we were sarcastically talking about all my Lamborghinis, like that's actually Kevin's life now. It seems that's like. his actual life. But yeah. no, uh, Arash hit him up and was like, "Hey, you know, Eli wanted to to start this up again. Like, you interested?" And he's yeah. like, "No, but I mean, feel free to go nuts." So, trying yeah. kind of trying to figure out what we're going to do on that. Uh, apparently, Arash is a Garden Weekly again. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, Arash has a very intensive travel schedule of vacationing that he can't schedule anything like this around. So he's told Not me surprising. we should reevaluate in the fall. <laughs> Reevaluate, fucker. That's uh, the life of a multimillionaire. Yeah, a millionaire fuckboy. But whatever. <clears throat> how do we? How do we know all these people that live that life, and neither of us are that? Life? I don't know. Like we, you know what I mean? Up, like how do we know so many successful time. people who treat us as their own, but we ourselves are just a couple of dumb idiots? I don't know. <clears throat> I don't anyway. know. But yeah, no, something on that is coming. Uh, That's cool. Whenever Arash is done, whatever, doing whatever dumb shit he's Flaunting doing. Flaunting his millions. 
um, hanging out in yeah, Bali we'll, and we'll, stuff, whatever. Very we'll show your podcast on this podcast if it ever gets off the ground. Yeah. Uh, so thank you, Cody, for running in. Um, I haven't hit any super long ones, so I think we can keep going. How are we yeah. looking on time? Yeah, we'll maybe fine. get a few more in here. Yeah, sure. Um, <clears throat> so next up comes from Rufus, who says, I started listening when Brad was on. It must have been around 2011. Yeah. My first okay. iPhone was an iPhone 4S, and soon after, I was hooked on the games. I didn't know what to get, so listen to you guys for advice on the best stuff. Since I used to listen to you three on my commute to and from the office while I worked in Japan... Your podcast is linked in my mind with the Osaka subway system, Japanese, nomikai, a.k.a. drinking parties, and such. That's a pretty cool story. On a side note, I lived in Aurora from middle school through college, but soon after I returned to Illinois from Japan, Eli moved to Tennessee. I sometimes wondered what I would have said if I bumped into Eli at Costco. Probably would have thought I was a weirdo. (laughs) Anyway, thanks for 10 years. Thanks, Rufus. Yeah, Dude, no, I don't cool. think you. I, I think you would have been stoked if somebody came up to you in like, Costco and was like, "Hey, I know you from Touch Arcade." Yeah, it would have uh, probably blown your mind. Lindsay would have shit her pants. That's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> she would have been like, "What the fuck?" Well, I, it's funny because like things like GDC or WWDC or whatever, that's a thing that happens. Like we're by no means celebrities, but there would definitely be people that like know who we are because we're at a gaming thing. Yeah. Where people then, you know what I mean? Like, it makes more sense for someone to be like, hey, you're the guys from Touch Arcade or whatever. But to be at a Costco in your own hometown, not at a gaming convention and have someone come up to you, that would, something like that would totally blow my mind. That's never happened to me and I don't foresee it ever happening. But also, yeah. you never know. No, I'm, I'm so, it would be, it would have been extremely amusing because, like, I, as a uh, basically well funded teenager, you know, buy yeah. cool stuff, right? And wear like you know, right. dumb Supreme bullshit and stuff like that. And yeah. always yeah. have people in like random, st- like kids basically in stores be like, oh my yeah. God, you, your shirt's so cool. Like that kind of stuff, yeah, you know? Yeah. And yeah, she yeah. rolls her eyes so hard. So I could only, I would have loved to experience some random person coming up to me and be like, oh my God, are you really from Touch Arcade? She, she would have, yeah. it would have been, it would have been amazing. Would have rolled in off to the moon. Yeah, yeah. If that ever does happen to me in real life, my only response will be to hold my hand out so you can kiss my ring. <laughs> just so you know. Just heads up any IRL people that come up to me. Um, <clears throat> so anywho, thank you, Rufus, for sharing your story. Um, let's see. This one. Also, I feel like there's a couple that were so long that I'm scared to hit because I'm like, this is going to be like a 30-minute email. But those ones I probably won't read the whole thing anyway. But anyway, um, this one comes from Ben who says, hey, guys. I've written in a few times over the years. Just wanted to say, as a member of Tetracade since November 17th, 2009. Dang, you know. That's OG. Oh, I guess if, if that's maybe when your forum account says you started or something yeah, like that. Yeah, but yeah. knowing the actual date, that's pretty hardcore. Um, November 17th, 2009. Thank you for keeping this podcast going all these years. I've been a Patreon supporter from the beginning, and my wife does not even know there's a monthly recurring fee for Tetracade on our oh, credit card there bill. You go. Perfect. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah. So for the 500th podcast, I have two ideas for how to celebrate. Number one is bring back the original song just for the 500th episode. Uh, original song was just OC Overclock Remix guys, right? Like that they released cool video game music for free or whatever. I'm trying to think. I don't remember if we had. Did we have a song before the one we're using now that talks about Mike? <laughs> I think that. That was made by um, one of our writers. Nathan, was it? No, that's the. Yeah, that's the current song sweetness um, wrote our current song and then before 
podcast. That was, I think, just OC Remix stuff that Brad found that was just free to use, royalty-free stuff or whatever. But um, Yeah, I'm trying to... Well, we can see to find it, maybe. Look in like my like, uh, Touch Arcade stuff folder. There's a... Would that blow somebody's mind if the old music played and you'd be like, oh, man, am I listening to the wrong thing? Would you play um, our current music and then the new, the old music for a nostalgia hit? I don't know. Where would that have gone? Well, we'll dig around and see if we can find it and uh, may or may not make that happen. But good suggestion. Thank you. And then um, his number two suggestion is to talk about your top five favorite iPhone games of all time. I need some more time with that. I might yeah. have to revisit that because I can't do that. That could, off be, top home, of my head. That could be homework That's for a next hard, week. Hard, hard question. But um, he says, I'll share mine just for the fun of it. His top five Skyforce Reloaded. Oh, love that game. Great, great, great choice. Hero Emblems, also excellent choice. Sword and Poker. Oh, man. These are really, really good choices. Um, Matchland. That one's not even ringing a bell to me. Matchland. It kind of is. I feel like I have to look that up real quick. Trying to... God, where would that... You're really stuck on this original music stuff, huh? It's somewhere. I have it somewhere. My problem is I'm an extremely messy uh, computer user. Um, Wow, Matchland. Okay, no, I remember this now. Dang, yeah, that's a good game. Good, nice shout on that one. Um, And then Puzzlecraft, that's another good game. So... Uh, Ben, really good top five. And he ends by saying congrats on 500 episodes. So thank you very much, Ben, for writing in. And, uh, oh, I recognize your email. I recognize your forum name, actually. So, yeah, you're super old school. Um, 2009 era. So thank you, Ben, for writing in. Now, we had like a a dubstep one. Remember that? Um, (gasps) Oh, yeah. Sean, are you looking in the Dropbox folder? Sean, yeah, Sean Beeson did. That's remember? right. Oh, I totally forgot about that. We have to have that somewhere. I'm like 99% positive it's in one of those Dropbox folders. Hang on. Well, I'm going to continue looking well. Anywho, yeah, finding the old music, that's a cool idea. We'll see if we can do that. Um, and then actually this one I sent myself because it was via Metal Casket on Discord, who is also extremely old-school Touch Arcade and uh, one of our moderators and uh, just an all-around good dude. Um, so Metal Casket says, Oh, been meaning to do this for a few days now, but keep forgetting. My favorite TA moments? There are literally too many to list, but three things come to mind immediately. One, sending you that crazy long email where I explained to you how much Touch Arcade means to me and asking you if I could be a mod while presuming Eli probably wouldn't give a shit. <laughs> I vaguely remember that, but you're like, yeah, of course you can be a mod. You've been a longtime forum person. Oh, I just found um, it. Oh, you found it? Thanks. Nice. Uh, number two, he says, is the Carter bromance meeting the dude six years and counting, meeting in quotations, meaning that they've only met online. Um, six oh, years and counting of daily conversations about life, metal, and everything in between. Again, Carter, good people to know and talk to. Love Carter. Um, and then number three, I had totally forgotten about this. Ghostblade translation. Spending hours of my life working on that thing, only to realize that once the update hit, I made a typo in literally the first line of the entire game. So for people that don't know, um, Ghostblade was a game that came out many, many years ago. That uh, was a super awesome, like premium, like um, Ninja Gaiden, God of War type action game for mobile. 
it was just like one of those games it's like where the hell did this come from this is so good and it just kind of came out of nowhere but it like i forget if it wasn't translated at all or if just the translation was just super bad um and i remember the developer was in the, the forum thread you know interacting with everyone that was playing the game or whatever and uh metal casket stepped up and offered to do um the translation or whatever and he was like sure and i remember them working behind the scenes for like a month or two or something like that translating all the text in this game um to improve it or whatever and so uh i actually posted about it i actually posted a story about it if i remember what did i just i just what the heck Ghost Blade. I wrote Ghost Land. I think I had Swapland stuck in my head. Ghost Blade. Um, I actually posted a story about it and how one of our forum people actually <laughs> stepped in to translate it. Yeah, the fantastic Ghost Blade, now more readable thanks to our forum community. Um, so this was back in 2014. Woof. Unfortunately, Ghost Blade is no longer available. Man, that's a shame. That's one for the Game Club archives right there, if they could ever track down this guy i just found it um i just found it you found the song mm-hmm. sweet so anyway uh if you search ghost blade on touch arcade you'll come up with some stories for it or whatever including this one about the translation so pretty cool story actually and our forum community over the years has always done some really cool stuff <laughs> brought a lot of really good games to light so that we could post some about them on the front page and stuff like that and that's one of the things that always felt separated us from any of the other similar mobile gaming sites out there is that we had a community um, as great as we did. So that's really cool. So thanks, Metal Caskets, uh, for writing in, letting us know your favorites. And uh, I think that's probably where we should stop for the day. Um, and then we can do some more next week. But do you want – are you going to – you found the song. You want to play it right now? You want to play it on the show? Or you uh, want to add it? No, I'll just, I'll gonna... just add it. That'd be easiest. I don't really know the best way to pipe audio into this otherwise. Oh, yeah. That's probably a bad idea. Um, um, where the fucking folder is this in, though? <laughs> go so that was, uh, that was Ben's idea. Bring back the original song for the five in this episode. So we're making your dreams come true, Ben. Thanks for the idea. And... Um, I'm kind of excited to listen to this again, too, because I probably haven't since it was part of the show. So that's pretty cool. Okay, yeah. Um, so, so anyway. In the, uh, in the Dropbox Touch Arcade folder podcast production. Oh, cool. Okay. I might listen has, to it on my own. It's a very logical place for it to be. In. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Um, podcast podcast production. No. Here it is. Oh, the Kitty Corner song's in here. Wow. Oh, yeah, and we used to take a break in the middle. Remember Brad would do that? Yeah. Yeah, we used to have a break. Podcast and then Beast podcast Kitty production. What is the... Throw thing? Kitty Corner in there somewhere, too, while you're at it. Right. Um, we could probably talk more about that next week. But anyway, so, yeah, we'll stop there. But thank you, everyone, that's written in already. And if you wrote in and we didn't read you, we will read you next week. Um and if you weren't aware of the whole writing in thing, please do so. Uh, we can keep reading these as long as we want. It's super, super, super fun to me to read these stories. And um, actually still every time blows my mind that people have been listening to our show for as long as they have or value it in any way or value what we do in any way is just sort of like a mind blow to me. Actually, because I'm going to upload these to the 
S3 bucket that all the stuff goes in and you can just kind of like link them if you want to maybe if you just want to just listen to the song or something yeah, yeah that's fine yes you do what you think is best you're the you're the executive producer of this oh, show yeah, so. that's right um but anyway yeah thank you to everyone that wrote in and please feel free to continue writing in if you want we'll read your stories about uh how you came to find touch arcade or any special moments that stick out to you about touch arcade this podcast or the website or anything really um Send them in, podcast at touchrk.com, uh, or you can uh, ping us in the Discord. You can tweet at us. You can do whatever you want to get a hold of us. There's a, numerous ways. Yeah, I think before um, we use this one, I would just pick something random from OC Remix. So this, mm-hmm. this is the old shit here. And I'll, I'll throw the Kitty it? Corner stuff at the end. Okay. So. Stick around to listen to Kitty Corner because that was the best segment There's of two, the podcast. There's two versions. Ever. There's a regular version and a techno remix. So, I feel like that's something Mike Mead probably did. He probably techno remixed something. Yeah, huh? I, I don't. I don't remember who made it. That, that was Mike Mead's specialty. Also, shout out to Mike Mead if you randomly are still listening to this show. We miss you, buddy. Come do a guest appearance. I should, I should text um, him. I'm gonna text him and Mike Schram. Do it. Text all the mics. Um, actually, we have a good somebody that emailed us their their memories. There's a good Mikey Shorts stuff soon to come. We'll read it next week. But anywho, we're probably hitting up against the time clock. So uh, thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. And as always, uh, Touch Arcade is primarily supported through our readers and our listeners and our viewers. So if you like what we do and want to see us continue doing it, check out Patreon.com forward slash Touch Arcade. Consider throwing a little support our way. You can also help us out by doing your Amazon shopping through toucharcade.com forward slash Amazon. And uh, like I said before, shoot us your stories, your favorite memories, your whatever you want about Touch Arcade to uh, podcast at toucharcade.com or any other way you can get a hold of us. And uh, we will read them on the show as we continue to celebrate episode 500. Big milestone for us. We've been doing this damn show for over a decade. Yeah, and, it'd be cool uh, to get more emails if you uh, are an email and Yeah person i would love I, I i loved this more than i even thought that i would reading some of these stories um so yeah it's been really cool and heartwarming to know that people people care man people care about us so yeah please send your stories in if you haven't already and thanks to everyone that sent stuff in and with that i think we'll wrap up episode 500 and well, uh next 500 week, part one yeah 500 part one next week will be 500.2 or 500.1 500.2 We'll version uh, number update our podcast from now on. But there you go. Uh, anywho, thanks again for listening and uh, everyone that's listened to us throughout the years means the world to us. We appreciate it more than you could ever say. So, uh, with that, we'll be back with another episode of the Touch Arcade Show next week. See ya.
the cat game, cat game, cat game, cat game. A bouncing ball on a screen, and it bounces around the screen. Cat game. Jared loves cat games. Yeah, amazing. Big fat cat. Uh, Fuck you. Cat games. Cat games. The power of the kitty corner. Kitty corner. Kitty corner.